0: So, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable, be pleasing, be honouring to you today. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you have followed any of the uh, political speaking over the years, the various folk who are trying to get our attention and presumably get our vote and support, they say, we're about this, this and this. So recently, um, I think it was about growth, growth, and growth. Before, I've heard it's education, education, and education. I'm sure it's been a whole bunch of other things that I can't remember. And frankly, I must have found fairly uninspiring at the time. But as followers of Jesus, important as those things are, for sure, that they are important things. It's really Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus. And that's my heart really today, and that's part of the feeling behind some of the songs that we sang today as well. We want to speak the name of Jesus into a world that desperately needs something other than the same old, same old, that is completely, utterly, and will always be ineffective, because it never addresses the real issues. It's just lovely to have somebody in the congregation awake, I just... That's so encouraging, <clears throat> that's really really cool. So let's look at um, Galatians chapter 2, if we could please. And um, uh, one of the verses will be up on the screen. Um, oh, look at that now, before you ask, there it is. But um, I want to pick up a little bit of Paul's thought to the Galatians when he writes to them all those many years ago. And one of the problems that came to the Galatian church was that they started to live according to various interpretations of what we would call the Old Testament law. And Paul says to them that that wasn't the way you came to Christ, it wasn't through rules and regulations, those things had their place and their part, but this is a new season, don't go back to that old thing. And there's this tussle in their heads and tussle in the way they live their lives to know, do they go back or do they go forward? You know, it's so easy, isn't it, actually, in many of our lives, when things are tough, we revert to what is comfortable. I think that's such a natural, understandable thing. Why is certain food called comfort food? Probably because it makes us feel comfortable. I mean, I don't know what the scientific medical answer is, but I'm assuming that's what it is. Something really simple like that, because we are familiar with it. It brings us to a place think, oh, I know where I am, I'm okay where I am, this is okay. And Paul says in verse 19 of chapter 2, which is the verse just preceding the one up on the screen, "Uh, "...through the law that he had, I died to the law, so that I might live for God." it reminds me of that verse in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel, set apart to the gospel. It's not so much what we're set apart away from, though there is that as well, it's what we're set apart towards. We don't want to be known as people, what are we against? No, we want to be known as people, what we're for. We're for life, we're for hope, we're for eternity, we're for prosperity with a capital P which may not be measured in your bank account, but it is measured in kingdom terms, in ways that are so very different. I would rather be known as what I'm for, not what I'm against. I might live for God, Paul says, and this in verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ Jesus, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now those of us of a certain vintage will automatically think of that song. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. He lives, he lives. Jesus is alive in me. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Now, if I had more courage, and I don't, I'd have, because um, I worked out how to play that during the week, and we'd have sung it. But I didn't have that courage. So you've just got the benefit of my recitation. And it's an old song, obviously, and it's based on the authorised version of the Bible. And that's what many of us grew up with, of course. No longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. It's no longer about me; it's about Him. You know, these are perhaps some of the easiest words to say in the Bible, and the hardest to live out. I have been crucified with Christ, I no longer live, but Christ, who, uh, Christ lives in me. I've been crucified, I've said, to, I've said to the Lord, I want to so know God and the power that he has and, and the, the fellowship we're sharing in his suffering and somehow to become like him in his death. I so want to be like him that I'm willing to crucify my own aspirations. I'm willing to crucify my own desires. I'm willing to say it's all about him. It's all about Him and it's, like I said, it's so easy to say but sometimes incredibly difficult to do. When things are going well, we can do it, but when we don't feel good or people haven't been nice to us or the situation is difficult or we're running out of money or we're running out of health or whatever it is, somehow we can then so become so self-focused. And it's not woe is me and I'm a worm, it's not all of that sort of stuff, I don't believe at all, but it's simply saying, actually my first allegiance is to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. So the life I live, it's not just something I'm doing out of my own, strength my own, get up and go, both of which are important things, of course, but actually it comes through my life of faith in Jesus Christ, who is the one who loved me and gave himself for me. So often as we break bread together, that verse comes to my mind. I want to thank you, Father, for your Son who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, so you make it personal. Someone was on a retreat yesterday, and uh, this was just uh, made so powerful to me when someone read out a particular portion of Scripture. And instead of it being generic, she made it personal by putting her name in it. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved Jonathan and gave himself for Jonathan. It's an amazing thought, isn't it? And there's a saviour, as we've already shared today in our breaking of bread, our communion time, our Eucharistic celebration, to say that here's one who's took my place. And the implications of that are world-changing, life-changing, Sunday morning-changing messing you up changing all the things that you know it's all steve's fault really but god also wants to mess us up with that and we think oh my word when we, yesterday afternoon in a living room with a whole group of people we we <laughs> broke bread together and it just hit me again what it is that jesus loved me to go to the cross for me and i've known this for over half a century and yet it's still fresh and it's still new because it's all about him. It's not about my celebration of him. It's not about my recollection of him. It's not about what I think of him. It's all about him. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Never think that you can overfocus on Jesus. You know, people say we need to be balanced, don't we? I'm not convinced by that myself. I don't think we need to be banned. I think we need to be doing whatever God's doing. Um, Yeah, so... um, Yeah, I think if God is on it, we need to go with it. Because it's all about Jesus. So we have plans, we have aspirations. People used to think, I think some years ago, that we never planned anything we just kind of did it by the seat of our pants we do plan, we do prepare but we do it and we hold it so lightly that if God's wind blows it in a different direction, we go with that and it's so important because it's all about him yeah, we're, we're, I'm sure I've, I've said it here before I've certainly said it elsewhere that it's, it's so easy to be set in what we are bringing that we cannot be open to God and uh And I've done that. And you know, you could be a musician. You've you've got a worship set together and we're going to sing them all. If it kills us, even if it's inappropriate, even if God's doing something different, we're going to sing them all. Even if it kills us and it frequently does. And then we think, well, God, we just missed you in that. Where were you this morning? And God said, I was there just wooing you. But you ignored me because you were so intent on singing about me. And they're good things to do, aren't they? But God is saying to us in these days, we've got to discern between the good and the best. What's God on at the moment? What's God on today? Let's give you an example. Yesterday at this retreat that was uh, really about prayer and listening to God and and seeking God's help in our prayer life, personal and corporate. Uh, Some other things came up, and it just seemed to me that we needed to go with where the discussion was going. It didn't fit. It wasn't on my program. I had an A4, all neatly typed up. It wasn't alliterated, but it was, it was almost that good. And yet God twisted things around a little bit and we went a different direction. And wasn't it good that we did? Because it's all about him. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ who liveth lives in me. It's no longer Jonathan being alive, it's Christ being alive in me. He's the one who gives me the power. He's the one who gives me the strength. He gives me the get up and go when my get up and go is flipping well gone. (laughs) And sometimes it really has. Trust me on that. It really has. And yet, if God has said you can do it, you can go for it. So I want to encourage you when you feel like giving up and not bothering, hang in there. I felt this morning that if Christ could go to the cross for me, the least I could do was to come to church. <laughs> but I wasn't feeling great today. And I think sometimes, and there are, there are times when, when, when you can't, obviously. I understand that completely. But sometimes it's just the enemy having a go. And we need to say, look, I see you. I know what you're doing. And I'm not having any of it. Because it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And if Christ is in me, I can say no to the enemy. If the Spirit is in me, I can say no to everything the enemy tries to get me sidetracked. You know, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God, not only so we can see these miraculous things happen, which I completely agree with, but also so we can just keep on keeping on. The more we travel around the county, the more I realise that part of, a big part of what people need is not only a release into the miraculous, though I think that would change so much, but actually they just need simple encouragement not to give up. They need encouragement to keep going. We, uh, uh, um, you'd be glad to know, Sonia, that I have now started at James Paget Hospital as a chaplain. It took me a long time. Um, to get through the DBS. I don't know what it was. When they put convictions, maybe when I wrote all my things, I thought about the Bible. Maybe that's the wrong thing. It probably messed them all up. Um, anyway, so the other day I was going around with a Catholic colleague of mine and um, going into a ward. And um, there were a couple of cancer patients and one who was very, uh, you know, very Very poorly. And a lot of what we do is end of life. It's giving dignity to people as they die. It's helping them go through these tricky times. And it's saying, we care. We care. And it means a lot to people when you listen to them. Um, There were a few on the dementia ward yesterday. And, you know, I sat the other day during the week. And at the time and now, I still really have no idea what any of them were saying but they were all listened to. How do we do that? We do that through Christ who lives in us. The Spirit of God is given to us for us to say yes to God and no to ourselves. There's been so much over the years said about that, and then 20 or 30 years ago, 40 years ago, there was this massive pendulum swing when you've got to think about yourself, When Jesus said, love other people as you love yourself, that obviously means you need to love yourself more. So then we started giving ourselves virtual hugs. They weren't virtual back then, of course. They were physical hugs. And we just gave each other hugs and patted ourselves on the back. Also, we felt better. And I think there's good in that. But again, that's a pendulum swing. And what God wants to bring us back to in these days is to say, actually, it's all about Christ. It's not about me at all. And I get my fulfillment, actually, through putting him first. And Paul had this right. It's no longer I that liveth, he said, but Christ that liveth in me. Cracking. I do miss the authorised. You know, <clears throat> I remember hearing someone say about the authorised version when there was a big debate about Bible versions. Yeah, if it's good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. <laughs> Anyway, they didn't really understand translation things. Philippians chapter 1, Paul is there in prison in Philippi and he writes from prison this epistle of joy. He says, hang in there guys, it's going to get better. And just don't give up, don't give in. And in the first part of chapter 1, Paul is realising that there's a lot of mm, shenanigans going on And people are talking about Jesus for the most outrageous reasons. And he says that's really not good. But then he says in verse 18, what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached and because of this I rejoice. You know, I don't really care myself either what people's motivation is. I think it's good to have good motivation. But whatever the motivation is, if we're pushing people to a place where they can hear about Jesus that's a good thing it may look different it may look ever so different but if Christ is preached we can rejoice I can be really glad and happy about that yes he says and I will continue to be rejoiced to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance I'm happy, he said, and I'm going to get happier, because I know that through the prayers, the fellowship, the coming together, the co-labouring in the gospel of the Philippian Christians and Paul, this is Philippian Christians, not the Philippian Christians, and Paul, there's a togetherness, and in that togetherness, Christ will be preached. And then he says, uh, verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Now we can say, can't we, quite glibly, that um, you know, if, if the Lord takes us home, um, if we are in that relationship with him, it really doesn't matter. But we also know, if we're honest, in all likelihood, unless we have a heart attack preaching, which I sometimes thought would be a great way to go, wouldn't it? Other than for the people who have to watch, it wouldn't be nice for none at all. So I try not to do that. But uh, other than that, or uh, an illness that is, that is fatal, the chances of us dying from our faith are actually quite small. Paul in prison, it wasn't a small thing. It wasn't a, oh, this may possibly happen in a month of Sundays. This was a likelihood. Most people didn't come out. They either died there or they were executed. Died as in died of illness or mistreatment, torture, or they were executed. But he says that whatever happens to me, if I die, and I know this is quite likely, then I am fine with that. Because whether by life or by death, Christ will be exalted in my body. It's all about Jesus, not about Paul. Paul was the man. I mean, honestly, he really was. He had all the credentials. All the connections, all the history, all the education, all the erudition. He was just the person who turned the Mediterranean world upside down. Except it wasn't really Paul, it was Christ in Paul. And he knew that. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Another little song comes to mind. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. To hold his hand and walk that narrow way. There is no peace, no joy, no thrill, like walking in his will for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. See, if I'm going to live, Paul says, that's awesome. But if I'm dying and I'll be with Christ, that's even better. And I'm torn between the two. I want to be with Christ, which is far better, but I am content to stay here with you all because you need my help for now. But if Christ calls me home, then I'm going to go there, and I'm totally okay with that. See, we we have this um, perspective, don't we, that we we want to keep alive as long as possible, and I think that's a very healthy perspective, personally. Um, Certainly not saying we should do anything but that. But we forget sometimes that our life on earth is just part of our existence. You know, one thing we're not very good at in the West is dealing with death, dealing with the end of life. And uh, this is where my my, my Catholic colleague, um, is, is great, because in Catholic seminary, one of the first things they do is that they talk about a doctrine of suffering. And there is suffering involved in following Jesus. There's suffering all through Scripture. Jesus suffered. And there's a sense of, what is God doing in this suffering? Would I prefer to have it Absolutely not. Would I like to go round this thing in the road in front of me? I I would. But sometimes I have to go through the middle. And going through the middle is incredibly painful. And yet, as Paul said, actually, if Christ is in me, if it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me, then I can just go for it. And I know that whatever happens, he's going to do something amazing. Will he take me out of it miraculously? Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Those friends of Daniel who were cast into a fiery furnace in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, they prayed and they believed that God would save them out of that fiery furnace. But they said, even if God doesn't rescue us, we will not bow the knee to this idol. We will still follow the Lord our God. So I'm, I pray for it, I'm believing for it, and if it doesn't happen, I'm going to praise God anyway. Because it's no longer me that lives, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer about what I want. It's no longer about my aspirations. It could be aspirations for all sorts of good godly things. It could be that um, God's just laid an area on your heart, a a geographical area, or an area of business, or area whatever, and you're praying into that. Go for it. And if God moves you out of that, that's fine too. God's laid... Certainly, Norfolk and, and East Anglia are my heart for so many years over 40 years. And when I look back to being a teenager and feeling that kind of call of God on my life to the county then and all that has happened since, it is so different than I imagined. I mean, it's just like, you know, there's, there's no similarities whatsoever. And yet, God, in His grace, has moved things through those decades to the place where we are today. You see, it's not about the person, is it? It's about Jesus. And I understand how easy it is to gather around people. And God uses people to have others gather around. The great danger is that we gather around the person and we forget to gather around Jesus. And um, I, I don't think it's ever an intentional thing, in all probability, but it can so easily happen. And we put our attention on a person and inevitably they let us down. I mean, every plonker that has stood up here has let you down. You know? I remember when we got this lectern, I brought it back in my car from Norwich. They were given it. Cost of These things cost a fortune. Yeah, unbelievably expensive. And that little, oh, there it is. That little table there. But you know, it's not only about having a nice lectern, and this is a very nice lectern, actually. It's about the Jesus we're proclaiming from this lectern. It's good to have fellowship together, and it's important to remember who's at the centre of the fellowship. Jesus be the centre. Remember that song? It's good to encourage one another in all manner of things. He healthy living, he exercised all these sorts of things. Make Jesus the centre. Open up the scriptures and you will see, obviously more in the New Testament by name, the person of Jesus, but you will see Jesus pop up from time to time in quite dramatic ways in the Old Testament. And you will see the purposes of God throughout scripture. Make Jesus the centre. When I was um, with, with this Catholic friend during the week, and um, he said to this uh, lady at the bedside, "Would you um, like me to say a prayer?" And um, she was a Catholic lady, and he knew her from his parish, and um, and I was just privileged to be there. And he's uh, this big guy from Nigeria, booming voice. In fact, I'm sure you probably heard him as much as I did, wherever you were. Just full of God. And uh, so he starts off in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he prayed extemporaneously, you know, not a written prayer, over this lady. And it was so powerful. And it was done in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. I've been in situations where people have, uh, you know, done this, made the sign of the cross. I'm fine with that. Growing up, it would have been anathema to all that we believed in. <laughs> Lord have mercy but he's taken us on a journey over the years and i've just learned to appreciate it do i find it always essential no i don't but do i appreciate it and do i honor people who who is very important yes i do i do honor that it's all about jesus and right at the beginning in that in that little room in that hospital it was all about the father the son and the holy spirit i thought well what a way to center the prayer and often i would finish off a prayer saying the name of jesus or the name of the father whatever but he started out like that and I thought, that's cool. Oh I learned a thing or two on that and I tell you. And that was not only how to put an apron on, it's really hard to tie up behind you. You need to do the first bit, and then the second bit, they're just not so much caught. They don't make them long enough for me, I think. Because you have to put an apron on every person you go and see, of course, then you know, gloves the whole kit and caboodle. I was so clean when I came home that day. <laughs> You see, God is doing things in through normal people like you and me. He wants to encourage us to keep on going. He's pointing out to us, it's all about Jesus. Don't just sing about Jesus, but sing to Jesus. Now we learn about singing about things for sure, but we can do it too. Re- Jesus, receive my adoration. Receive my receive the sacrifice of a life laid down. Lord Jesus. I just give whatever I have to you. You might think you've only got a little bit. Maybe you've only got a teeny weeny bit of energy left. Jesus, I give you my teeny bit of energy. And then you can hang on to the lectern for the rest of this. It's really good. Or you might say, Jesus, I've only got a tiny bit of money left. Jesus, here's my money. I want to worship you and my money. Jesus, I only have this or that. I give it to you. I want to worship you because it's all about you. Receive my adoration. Receive it. We've broken bread together. And uh, it's lovely that you're breaking bread bread together weekly. But however regularly it is, whether it's more infrequent than that or more regular than that, it's all about Jesus. This is what I love about us breaking bread at home, page and I. It points us at the beginning of every day to Jesus. And we missed it this morning. And I missed that. But sometimes that's the way life goes, isn't it? It doesn't always go according to plan. And yeah, Jesus. So I have been crucified with Christ no longer I that lives, but Christ that liveth in me. Jesus, may that be true of each of us today. Lord, we have all sorts of aspirations, and many of them really good things. Help us to know between what is good what is best. What's for now, and what was for another season. Thank you that in your kingdom, when we get it wrong, you're so gracious. And we fall over sometimes, we just on our faces, and we've got blood streaming everywhere, and we think, oh Lord, we're such a mess. And yet you pick us up, and you put us back on your, our feet, and you, you wipe our face down, and, and you give us that hug that says it's all going to be okay. And we trust you for another day. And often, Lord, it's just day by day following you. Day by day. Hour by hour sometimes. Minute by minute when it's really, really hard. And we trust you. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. And thank you, Father God, that you've sent Jesus to be that Christ that lives in me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you... Fill us with your presence and that the same power that you use to raise Jesus from death to life lives in us. Whether we feel ever so powerful or the complete opposite, it's true that we are powerful in Christ. And so we take our stand as your children in Christ for the honour of Jesus' name.